Hello there, Nicola Barden here from Q102's Weekend Buzz. I hope you are all doing really well and thank you so, so much for pressing play today to listen to this episode. Before I let you listen to the whole thing, I just have a little bit of news for you. So if you're a fan of the Weekend Buzz or this is the first time you've ever listened to it, amazing and thank you and scroll back. We've got over 70 episodes there. So there's some great chats for you to listen to from the likes of the cast of SVU, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Grey's Anatomy, loads of stuff, some amazing singers, reality stars, great in-depth conversations for you to enjoy and I know that's what you're here for so that's why I have to tell you my news I have rebranded the show and it is now strictly podcast so it's no longer on radio it is just podcast and it goes under the name tis yourself so do come and find us we're on um, Instagram and Twitter and obviously all the places that you're listening to podcasts so if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Google, Castbox, Good Pods, Spotify we are there I am there with my over 50 guests, fantastic guests. You're going to love some of them. They're absolutely amazing. So we've got some of the cast from like Games of Thrones, Breaking Bad. Yes, Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones. Can you believe it? Uh, Some amazing singers like Shane Ward, Matt Cardle are there. We have the actor Jerry O'Connell, who had some surprising roots to Ireland, you won't believe. We have... The likes of Tom Lenk from Buffy, who played Andrew. Um, if you're Irish, you'll know the names James Patrice, Trisha's Transformation, Tommy Fleming, the Nolan family. There's loads and loads of stuff in there. We've Sarah Jane Dunn from Hollyoaks. We've got some cast of EastEnders. So there's a real mix of Irish, UK, US guests. And we're just adding to them every single day. We're getting some new guests. Season four is just about to be launched. So come and join me. I'm over here waiting for you to discover me. That's Tiz Yourself with me, Nicola Barden. Hope you enjoy this episode. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Now, if you are like me, you're a big fan of uh, comedy and comic relief is finally coming to Ireland. It's been in the three arena as a kind of stand-up show the last few years on Paddy's Day. If you've been to it, you'll know it's great. I'll crack just like 17 comedians and stuff. But this year, it's because of COVID, it's gone even bigger and it's going to be on RTE. They're doing a full night, like they do in the UK, a full night dedicated to comic relief. And we don't know much about what's coming up. We do know there's going to be a lot of people there. Niall Horn's going to be doing stuff. Normal people. Um, We're seeing lots of big names, lots of big comedians. And one show we do know is kind of coming back in a sense is The Panel with Darrow Breen and lots of the old familiar faces, including Neil Delamere. Good morning, Neil. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So The Panel is back. Yeah, in a in a in a very in in a Mars fun sized way. It's not, it's not a small thing or anything like that. Yeah, but uh, we kind of got together. We got the call from Deirdre Ken, who 
is like Hannibal from the A-Team or something who who has a little black book and goes around and talks to everybody and twists your arm in, in, in the nicest possible way. Um, so we, we decided we'd do something. And we, it was a bit weird because obviously we did it over Zoom. So myself and Maxwell and Colin and Maraid and Dara and Ed and then a few others as well, a few kind of um, special guests, I suppose, got involved as well, yeah. Because for a lot of people, it was probably their first kind of exposure to any sort of panel show. So John Bishop, I think, I think it was the first thing he ever did, oh, yeah. uh, or, or if not the first one, one the first one or two, and Adam Hills and and uh, a few more people in that. So yeah, it was great crack to do, I have to say. But the whole thing is is going to be very entertaining. I've seen a couple of clips here and there. And um, I think people are in for a treat, I have to say. Well, like, uh, you, there, there is some classic what? stuff that we do. Like, there is some good stuff, like, you know, Bridget and Eamon are coming back, stuff like that. They yeah. are talking about normal people. But the panel has been off our air for a while. And anyone who is, especially around my age, that was our, you know, we grew up with the comedy there, you know, you kind of felt a bit bolder. And I remember going to see it in DCU and, you know, it was, it was kind of a very accessible humour as well as very local and there was always you always had really good crack on it as well yeah I mean it was great fun I think audiences in television or radio like they know if you're phoning it in they're very intuitive right so if they watch something and you're having the crack that comes across whereas if you're not I mean they all look at it and go well why should we enjoy this if he's not you know yeah. the great thing about the, what we did I think you just kind of fell into a little like the midfield of, of a good football team or something everybody started to know each other's rhythms and stuff and you knew if Colin Murphy was going off on one and he started to <laughs> just I don't know do an impression of fellows driving tractors where people trying to drive around them on country roads and you after a while you just knew oh I know they couldn't do this and, and you You'd sit back and let him go, you know. And I suppose one of the reasons is it was accessible and successful is because it was also not competing with anything else in terms of like, have I got news for you? Would not talk about a bull that got into a uh, uh, a supermarket in Ballinrobe. They wouldn't do that for fifteen or twenty minutes. You know what I mean? Whereas we talked about stuff that happened. They wouldn't talk about the minister for finance not having a bank account in Ireland at the time because nobody believed that that was a real thing. Yeah. So I suppose that was the other thing. We we talked about things that were relevant to the audience and nobody else was going to talk about. So that's why people liked it, you know. You were probably a student at the time. We got a lot of students. Yeah. A lot of pizza. A lot of pizza and hungover food, I think, uh, enjoyed while watching our musings on the usual current events, I think. And that was exactly, I was a student at the time. I remember myself and my sister went to see it and the, the episode we went to see, because we're from RD, so the episode we went to see was like... They slagged off ideas like, "What are the chances of this? This is unreal." Because <laughs> somebody had brought a slurry tank up to the nightclub, and I was like, "Oh, the shame!" <laughs> I remember that actually. <laughs> and then it went off to RD Gardy for uh, you know twenty minutes, and us just sitting in the audience. No one knew where we were from, but it was just so like weird that you know the the humor was very much what was happening you, to our lives. You were like Saint Peter in Christ, were you? <laughs> are you from RD? No, 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 you no. You denied where you're from three times. The cock crowed in the background, and you're never allowed into county loud again. <laughs> we did slag everybody off, including ourselves, at various points over about six or seven years, however long it lasted. And uh, so I suppose everybody kind of felt equally included. I think. Do you remember the first time you went on it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was 2004, and um, I remember watching it the year before. It had started the year before, and it was live, which. Oh wow. Seems 
insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, How could you keep Colin nobody... Murphy to stop talking? <laughs> like, if it's <laughs> like... <laughs> well, people don't know, but in the later years, I had a little taser. And ah. uh, you, you just if you if you just if you got too excited, you just little little dart. <laughs> I can't down from it. Uh, it doesn't really work on the other show. We do the blame game because he's a bit too far away. But you know, he gets. I get that look in, in my eye, and he knows what's going to come next. Um, uh, yeah, 2004. I think was the first one I did. It had just been on for about a year. It had bedded down, and I had done a couple of things. I had done um, the Montreal Festival and stuff like that. So you kind of got a little bit of. Um, you were brought to people's attention on that, and people in terms of people in RTE and production companies and stuff. So, I think the first one I ever did was Miriam McCallan was the guest, oh. and uh, she was I was very nervous, and she was there, and she was all very statuesque and very pleasant. And I think at some point somebody asked her how many children she had, and she <laughs> said she had eight children. And I remember just saying to her, "Going, crush, you've been pregnant longer than my no limbs bonus." <laughs> And there was, a, there was a kind of pause, and she laughed, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I I can do this. This release of tension." So that was the first time I did it, and then um, you we di- we didn't necessarily know how how many episodes you would do. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't be booked um, and said, "Listen, you're going to do ten episodes." It was a bit more kind of freewheeling than that. So. Uh, for the first few series, you might think, oh, I'll get two or three or four. If you're always on tenterhooks, I suppose it probably made you work pretty hard and read all the newspapers, so you wanted to to make sure that you'd be on it, you know? And it was always funny how they'd find these stories, because if anyone was watching from outside Ireland, they'd be like, there's no way that all of this has happened in the last week. And everybody in Ireland's like, oh, yeah, that's Cavan, or that's, uh, that's down yeah. Cork. Yeah, that's about right. And it was great because if there was a big story, people would go, okay, I want to see what they're going to say about this as well, you know. And it was a different kind of news cycle as well. So I suppose we got to, if something happened on on a Wednesday and we recorded on a Sunday night, you know, not all the jokes would have been done on Twitter. Not all the jokes would have been done yeah. on Facebook. You know, so now it's a different time to do a topical show. You have to, if there is a big story, everybody expects you to talk about it, but you really have to think about what way you're going to do it because if there's five or six days in between record and it happening, everything will have been done. So, um, Which happened kind of like, I did the news quiz for, for um, BBC Radio 4 at the time, a couple of weeks ago, when Dominic Cummings drove to test his eyesight. Oh, yeah. And like by the time we got to it, <laughs> Every single Specsavers ad had been mocked up on Twitter, and so I suppose we were lucky in some ways to, to start a panel show when you're, well, particularly me, when I was young and inexperienced, and kind of eased into it as much as you could be, you know. Yeah, because I, sometimes I see these jokes on Twitter, and they're just like, you're like, how, how is someone so quick? And it may be just minutes afterwards. So yeah, to try and keep that, go, like, not get all the jokes out on Twitter by a four yeah. days later is hard. Yeah, you, they've mocked up a gif and you're going, how did, like, they must have been sitting there. Or somebody does a parody video a moment after something has happened. So, I mean, it's good because what it means now is, is people can't do the first joke, they have to do the kind of fifth, sixth, or slightly more askew uh, thing towards the end of, of the list of jokes, if you know what I mean. It, it forces people to kind of come up with a different angle, which is good. But uh, I'm glad it didn't happen in 2004 and 2005. We could just do the first one and then see where it went from there. 
And as you mentioned, John Bishop, I remember the first time I saw John Bishop, like I was just going to say there's so many people that have been on it, but John Bishop was the first time I ever saw him was on that. And I love him and I've been to see him live since and everything. But there was loads of people that kind of cropped up. Like you said, Miriam O'Callaghan, the people that sometimes you would be like, I don't know if this person will have a sense of humour. And then they completely surprised you. Yeah, I think David Norris was the the guest who was the most common guest on it, I think. And uh, most, uh, not most common. He's the opposite <laughs> yeah, of most common. He's not very common. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, oh yeah. We had David Doris. If he was the most common, uh, everybody else was a member of the royal family. Um, <laughs> he was the person who was on it most often, I should say that. Uh, because one, he was a brilliant guest. And also, if we had a dropout, he lived in town. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if somebody could get a flight over, we'd rig David Doris and he'd turn up and regale us with brilliant stories. Because everybody knows he's a great raconteur. So, but we used to, I suppose, get people when, and, and show a side to them that, yeah, like you said, sometimes they would be kind of, you would expect them to be in one particular way, and then they were a bit of crack. I think when Grainne Shoik was on it, for example, people thought that she was kind of um, quite uh, austere and, and kind of straightforward, because she had been the newsreader, I suppose, mm-hmm. and we got a bit of crack out of her. So uh, you put different people in different, different positions, and, and they can shine in different ways. Sometimes people would come on and think that we were going to have a go at them and, and they'd be quite defensive. Um, so you should have to try and uh, work around that to make sure that they knew that we weren't going to go for them, you know. Uh, but we got we got some great guests. I think probably the best one, or the one I remember in terms of the most famous person was the, was the guy, James Cromwell, who, when you say his name, they go, who? And then you name what he's been in, they go, oh, uh, he's been in LA Confidential. He was, he's the farmer in Babe, I suppose. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny, yeah, you go, oh, him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and he's been in everything. Um, he's been in 24 as well. And they really cleverly got him like it was, it was a kind of a young team as well, of young researchers around, that, and they were really up for it, and they were really kind of thinking about things in a different way. Because we used to compete for guests, I suppose, with I think it was Tuberty Tonight on Saturday night and a late late show as well. So you had to try and get people in in an unusual way. So he was in, I think he was in Galway, and the Iceman cometh in the in the Eugene O'Neill play, and they found out that he was a brilliant kind of advocate for animal rights, and they adopted an animal. And then wrote to him and went, by the way, we've just adopted a pig and we sponsor this pig now as as well. And um, what do you think about coming and doing the show? We've named him James Cromwell. And he went, all right, OK. <laughs> and he came over and he, and he, and he did it. Like, we we're never going to get access to an A-lister. And he came and he did the show and he was lovely. I imagine it's quite daunting for someone like, you know, someone like him or, you know, someone who's not from Ireland. And they're told, listen, we want you on this panel show with four comedians. And of course, you're going to be like... Uh, are they going to completely rip into me? Is this like a roast show or something like that? Yeah, yeah. He was six foot eight, which oh. was quite helpful for him. Yeah, yeah, he had that in his How side. relaxed he was in his life. <laughs> uh, he was much more successful than any of the rest of us. <laughs> and uh, he was just kind of cool and nice. The, the person I, uh, who came out one day, who I've never seen a reaction uh, like it to, was Colin Meaney. Colin Meaney oh, came yeah. out and the crowd went, Absolutely mental. In terms of the affection that he was held in, it was it was amazing to see. Like they were really delighted to see him. He was it was so warm, you know. And he just he it was brilliant as well. He regaled them about the time he was. I think he used to work in in Hoth on on fishing boats and how brutal it was. And then a few years later, he found himself in Conair with John Cusack. So, <laughs> but but it was great because the audiences didn't know who who 
they were getting either, you know, when, when the guests were never announced. So that was always a, a nice little ingredient to throw into the mix. So we didn't we didn't do that this time with Comic Grace because obviously, you know, there's no audience there and we couldn't kind of get somebody in Zoom in, in the same way. But there are still a lot of people kind of popping up and um, it's a, f- a very stylistic one, shall we say. So it's a kind of a parody of something. So I think people will will like it. That's as much as I can say about it, really. Well, I imagine there's going to be calls for it to be coming back afterwards because I know that when it finished, like I was good when it all kind of ended. Um, and then it'll be like, I know you're all on, moved on in your careers and stuff, but I imagine that people are just like, p- there's people that haven't seen it before who'll want yeah. something like that because I think Ireland, we're so funny as a nation and yet we don't have that much comedy on TV. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Yeah, it's it's a bit unusual in that um, that one of the first things any kind of production production company or any, any television station I should say in, in a country does is is a panel show usually because they're cheap to make you can make a lot of them and yeah. um, it's a way to break comics as well so like if you look at somewhere like Scotland or Northern Ireland or Wales uh, they all you know they're comparable sizes to, to the Republic of Ireland and they all have a kind of comedy panel show that's every week you know because it's a kind of a staple of, of TV or radio um, so it's a bit unusual that there isn't one in, in some form uh, for RTE. So um, yeah, yeah, it'd be, it'd be great if people call for it to come back. I mean, if I would hope that there'd be some sort of led by you, some sort of <laughs> moonlit vigil, like something yeah. out of The Simpsons with people with torches, and they all just turn up to RTE and Had demand. It. A panel show. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that at two metre distance. I'll get everybody along with me. Well, of course. Socially distance yeah. walk out to Donnybrook. Yeah, it'll just look like a really calm darkness in the light walk. Yeah. Like, oh, that's lovely. No, we're really angry. We demand this we show. We are so livid. But I'm carrying this lovely candle and everybody's really far away from me. <laughs> really, really happy, but, but angry inside. Yeah, but it'd be great, if it, I suppose, if it came back in some ways because it'd be a great thing to do to introduce new talents 
So it doesn't have to go back with, with all the people who used to be on it. Oh, yeah. It, it is a great way to uh, get break the likes of the next generation because there's not much pressure on you as uh, as somebody who, who guests on those shows because if you're brand new, you know, the other four people can kind of carry it. And it breaks people in, in, in gently, really. So And also, so like you say, so much mad stuff happens here. Uh, and it's not been covered in, the, in a comedic way in, in that way. So um, you should probably do something, you know. But yeah. Come you know. on, Archie. Right here, local TD. <laughs> <laughs> I know you've nothing really else on at the moment, Simon Harris, but <laughs> any chance? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know you're the Minister for Health, but any chance that you could just uh, have a look across and see if there's anything you can do for this very one specific hour a week, that yes. would be particularly good, yeah. On, but it's gas because Colin Murray, uh, Colin Murray, Colin Murphy is like my comedy wife because we have done, uh, we've done panel shows together for... Well, 2004, 2010 or 11, I think, was the panel. And then we did a blame game in the north from 2005 to now. So I don't think... We're like, I don't mark them wise or something. <laughs> I don't think anybody else who's worked with each other uh, as much in, in modern comedy in terms of panel shows. Um, obviously, we're not comparing ourselves to mark them wise in terms of uh, influence or indeed talent, but just more proximity <laughs> than anything else. In case people got mad at Q102. Longevity uh, of time to spend yeah, together. So we, yeah, so we could probably just... Uh, we could go back to the Helix or wherever you saw us and sit beside each other in the same way and the whole rhythms would start again because they haven't been kind of left. And Maxwell has been cryogenically frozen since the panel ended. He was broken out to go to the jungle <laughs> in Australia and then he was just put back in his drawer. And so he could just... I mean, he's a fascinating character. He's great at crack altogether. So, yeah, maybe time to get the band back together if um, if, if if it warrants it. That would be oh, that would be amazing, and like obviously it would give as we said to give people work. Are you you probably had stuff planned for this time pre COVID, and you know with your own comedy and yeah, yeah, and this yeah. Go, comes mean, along. Yeah, I mean we have to be cognizant of the fact that an awful lot of people have been worse affected by people who are in it in our industry now. There's obviously people who have lost loved ones and and um, are suffering immensely. Um, but like the like you said, there's lots of people who own pubs or hotels or, or actors or comics and they've been affected by it work-wise. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I was, I was due to finish a, a tour and do, do a TV series of The Blame Game in the North. And um, But hopefully, I mean, it looks like there's a, a reopening of stuff now uh, as long as people can do it safely uh, that we have that to look forward to. We're also looking at different... Um, technological answers they're kind of stopgap measures really I suppose and mm. um, I've been doing kind of Radio 4 and Radio 5 from my gaff in Dublin which has been great fun to do I have to be honest with you I really enjoyed that but we are looking at doing a series um, in the autumn of our, our, our panel show in the north and seeing if there is a way if social distancing doesn't allow a live audience but if there's a way to have the audience on, on Zoom so I mean you have a smaller audience but you zoom them in um, and in terms of uh, kind of the, the beats regard, sorry the beats needed for a joke that kind of would help you, you don't need 200 people but if you had 30 or 40 people um, on Zoom so Ramesh does it really well in his show so that's something being examined but I think maybe by autumn or certainly by next year there'll be some sort of 
solution to this um, in, in, in terms of live gigs. You know, people are talking about that the Dublin Fringe Festival is coming back in, in some way, shape or form. So, um, And the research from the kind of theatres has said that a lot of their audiences would like to go and see things as long as there's, you know, um, measures in place to keep us all safe. So it's an enforced break, but I think a lot of people are in, on an enforced break as well. Yeah, I think we're all dying to get back to gigs, to comedy, just to have an escape from the news cycle and from the, you know, the worries. The question is what we're going to talk about when we come back. (laughs) That's the real question. Because you haven't been doing anything. Yeah. Yeah, and I went on all this. She can't talk about that. You can't really talk about topical stuff because people want to break from that. So it's going to be this bizarre, esoteric, I imagine myself as a dolphin with a job. It could be very, very strange. It's going to be so weird being just like, so did your wife annoy you in lockdown? Here's the ways that mine did. (laughs) There'll be a lot of domestic stories. I could not find a charger for four days. It's my Edinburgh show. That's what it'll be about. Oh, I can't. Well, I can't wait. That sounds tremendous. Come along, it'll be very good. Uh, Neil, it was great to chat to you. We look forward to Friday night. Um, it starts at eight, and uh, obviously the panel will be in the lineup there at some point. Do you know what time? In the mix, I'm not sure. I'm not sure um, where we're going to be. I think that's all up up in the air. But uh, yeah, watch your mates. Give generously because because of course the the uh, the charities that benefit are, are very worthy causes as well and um, enjoy yourselves on a Friday night there's some gems in there I promise oh amazing we'll look forward to it Neil it's been absolutely amazing chatting to you thanks a million even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. It really means a lot to me and I really hope you enjoyed it. Do scroll back and see if there's anything else that you might enjoy. And before I let you go, do remember to come and find me on my new podcast, Tis Yourself. Again, talking to celebrities, this time a lot more in depth. So there might be longer episodes there. And we're talking about what was life like before they became famous, the different alternative roads they could have went down, how life changed for them for good and bad, and so, so, so much more. And of course, the thing that they're best known for. So come and find me, Tis Yourself with Nicola Barden. And I really hope you'll enjoy the new episodes. They're up to date. They're brilliant. There's some great people there. And I'd love your support. So please do come find us. That's Tis Yourself with Nicola Barden.